Hello and welcome to Leading the Line, the Scottish Women's Football Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Marshall, and I've got with me Mr Campbell Finlayson. How are you doing, Campbell? Very tired after a busy day, Chris, but aye, good to go yet again. Yeah, we're uh, recording on Tuesday night. Campbell has been hot-footing across Glasgow to go to some media days, which we'll cover a little bit later on. Uh, I've been in the office all day today, so I've been doing some other stuff. Um, but yeah, it's good to have us both back again. And Campbell, we are going to talk about the SWPL Cup. We are going to talk about the fact that the SWPL is back this weekend. Uh, we're going to talk about the Scotland squad announcement. Um, but first, before we do any of that, I think probably what's wise to do, Campbell, is talk about some of the things that have happened since the last time we recorded the podcast, because we did the previews a couple of weeks ago now, um, and there's been some some interesting movements. And I think probably, Campbell, that the most interesting of all has been at Glasgow City, where Grant Scott, the former Hibernian head coach, has come in as Scott Booth number two. Um, I don't know about you, but I was in the car driving back from Edinburgh, uh, on the way back from work, and uh, my phone went off in the driver's seat. Don't text and drive. Bad, bad. But uh, I was in the driver's seat and my phone went off and I went, oh, and I wasn't expecting that as a bit of news. It's, it's, it's a pretty interesting move, Campbell. Yeah, it was a surprising one. I mean, I don't think anyone was really sure where Grant was going to go to. There was talk maybe between us and certain other folk that was perhaps going to Celtic or somewhere down south. So his name pop up at City was a bit of a surprise, but it's obviously a very good coup for them. I mean, we obviously know City and Hibs have kind of dominated the women's game for the last few years in Scotland. So it's a great appointment for City. Obviously, we've had um, the changes at Rangers and Celtic where they're improving their kind of thing. Hibs are maybe maybe falling behind slightly with some of the players they're losing. So I see Grant come in there. Well, he's, he's not going to be the main man, but working alongside Scott Booth, there's obviously two very good footballing brains in there, and it can only be good for City as they obviously try to retain their title and push on again and what will probably be their hardest season yet. Yeah, so um, when I got home from that, that car drive, I did get carried away and compared them to the mega powers of WWF um, and did an article about it in, underneath the three takeaways. But yeah, I think I think you're right. I think... There's almost like a sense of they both know each other's weaknesses so that can in part make them stronger. I'm getting carried away with this two forces coming into one thing. But yeah, I think given the fact that both Rangers and Celtic are tooling up in terms of their squad, I think adding another coaching brain and one that's been successful in Scotland like Grant is, is certainly a good move. And um, They've also added a couple of players recently and I think we've talked about before, Campbell, that we felt like Glasgow City squad was a little bit light. Um, they've added some attacking threat just over the last well last day. Uh, Lauren Wade is coming from Thor Thorek an attacker, and Uifa Koval is coming from Canberra United, an Australian youth international. Um, she's also a forward. Don't know much about them, if I'm being totally honest, Campbell. I'll, I'll bow to you if you know any more than I do, but I think reinforcements were definitely something that we both felt City were needing going into the season. Yeah, I mean, obviously City have kept pretty much their whole squad, and they're, they're still one of the, the strongest teams in Scotland, so... Um, there was never going to be major overhauls needed, but with Rangers and Celtic making some of the signings they have, um, it was kind of imperative for City to get a few more names in because their squad has always looked a wee bit smaller, perhaps, than they um, than they could be doing with. Uh, yeah, obviously it's players that we're not really fully sure on. Reading up on a couple of them, obviously, it's in there. Ava had a great um, spell in Australia. I mean, still only 18, 19 year old, I think, but reading up some of the stats, it's something like 42 goals in 19 games at one of the youth sides, so I mean, it's certainly great stats, obviously City's going to be that step up, it's obviously a lot colder here as well than it is in Australia, so that'll be a bit of a culture shock there, but it's it's players that are coming in with good pedigree, and Scott Booth, etc, at City seem to be very happy with them, so hopefully you get it tonight on the TV, 
well, you'll see it, I won't, but you know what I mean? Uh, some people see them somewhere, so we'll, yeah, we'll see, wait and see over the season, but I think the two players that read up a wee bit about them could be very good signs for City, even just to bolster their squad um, as they look to go into the season. Yeah, and I, I still think maybe they, they need another somebody in the kind of defensive third of the pitch, but I think definitely having some attacking options. I feel a couple of times when I've gone to see them pre-season that I've kind of looked at the starting level and went, yeah, that's pretty good. And I've seen what's kind of been on the bench and what's sitting under the dugout and went, oh, it looks a little bit, sorry, in the stands, I should say, it looks a, bit, a little bit light. And um, I think in terms of the moves in, in Scotland, I don't think they're all done yet either, even though the season's just, just coming round. Uh, Celtic have also added another couple of uh, signings, Campbell, and they've leaned on Fran Alonso's, Fran Alonso's Spanish roots, I think it's probably fair to say. Um, Anita Marcos announced today, um, and they also made the, the signing of Beatrice earlier on uh, last week, I think it was, yeah, uh, last week. Um, again, two players come to Scotland, maybe not a lot of people know much about them, but I mean, Anita, Anita in particular has a good pedigree coming from Atletico Madrid. I speak to Fran earlier on. He seemed kind of very, very happy with these signings. Obviously, he knows them from Spain. And coming in, it seems he says that um, Brenda Spanish was perhaps not to the same level. English, sorry, was not to the same level as Anita, who's coming in speaking very well. And obviously, he does too. So he can, he can kind of help them um, grow into the Scottish game there. But again, along with some of the signings Celtic have made, the, the good names for coming in uh, to the SWPL and obviously some continental flair as well. Anita at 19. It's obviously very young, but has already won a couple of international tournaments with Spanish youth sides. Obviously, um, the Spanish league as well with Atletico Madrid. I mean, at 19, she's doing well being the team, but obviously behind some of the bigger players they've had there, Tony Duggan obviously in the summer, yeah, the likes of Jenny Hermoso was there last year. So it's certainly one that um, has been hard for her, but he seems really excited to see her in Scotland now, going by what he's describing her style of play as. She seems to be one that's not really afraid of kind of um, been a, getting into a battle and that could help her in Scotland because there's some, there's very, some, um, some very tough centre-backs so they're exciting signings for the league and exciting signings for Celtic and going into that game obviously against City on Friday night it's one that really kind of does catch your eye and hopefully be a cracking game to start off the league campaign Yeah, absolutely and um, yeah, as I said Beatrice earlier on it's been a long day so apologies for that but as you say, uh, Brenda Lopez-Castiano signing, signing for Celtic and yeah, two interesting signings and I think that's probably one of the things that the the kind of the way that Rangers and Celtic have kind of spent well perceived to spend money on in terms of their approach to how they they're going to be looking at the women's game going forward. I think this is something that maybe we can expect, and we've seen it already with other sides. For for Farmington, obviously, have signed Icelandic and American stars, and um, Dundee United, who we also talk about. I've, I've also got some some of the American students, and I think it'll be interesting to see what other kind of players um, come into squads. Um, Rangers also have made a couple of additions. Uh, one which we kind of have spoiled, but I think anybody who, who knows the women's game will have seen, which was Carly Gerasoli. Um, she was kind of captured in training photographs by the Rangers women FC Twitter. I don't know if it was deliberate or not. If it was well played. You got everybody kind of talking about it. Um, and they also signed Zoe Ness from Lewis. Now, Zoe Ness, it's only a six-month deal. She's not at, at peak fitness, but she is a Scotland international. Um, and I think it'll be more a case of she gets up to fitness and then they kind of reassess things for her. Um, and Hibernia have brought in a keeper, which is one of the things we talked about. It literally happened about a day after um, after we recorded the podcast. Sophie Allison's come in from Glasgow Women, Scotland under 19 international. Um, she's come into the website to challenge Jenny Curry for number one. But uh, all in all, Campbell, I think things are settling now, down now as we get towards the start of the season. Um, is there anything else that's taken your eye over the last kind of couple of weeks or so that we haven't had a chance to talk about? 
just mainly obviously the signing just seen coming in. A lot of sides are they're going to be behind slightly having had one or even both of the rest of the WPL Cup games postponed. So getting into the league campaign would be a wee bit rusty. And like City and Hibs obviously with that bit longer to train because they've not had any games. So it's yeah, it's an interesting one. Obviously just saying the squad should be just about settled, maybe one or two additions here and there. But as you're saying, the squads now should be that way where they're ready to go come Friday and then Sunday for the rest of the team. So, yeah, it's, it's been an exciting couple of weeks and obviously eventually we're looking to get back into some, some league football starting on Sunday, Friday. Sunday, Friday. Yeah, Friday. Uh, we'll talk about, obviously, the weekend's coming action very soon. But before we go forward, we need to have a wee look back, Campbell. And um, it was SWPL Cup action. There was some games postponed again. Uh, there are reasons for that in terms of the weather conditions, and I know a couple of our, one of them in particular was called off because of a workload pitch up at Dundee. Uh, but yeah, still five games on. We're going to focus on the games that were played, Campbell. I think there's been a lot of weather chat recently, and I just rather want to talk about what's what's happened. Um, I'm I'm going to start with you because you were at Petersell Park for what was a pretty entertaining game between Glasgow women and Spartans. Um, I'll let you talk away, and then I'll we'll carry on from there. Yeah, obviously. Um... There was uh, would have been the third of a trio of games, but Patrick Thistle haven't been called off. We said uh, Glasgow City were in friendly action as well. But then the weather had been it was windy as it always is at Peters Hill, and then just as the game was about to kick off, the rain appeared as well, and it was blowing sideways into our faces, and even up the back row of the stands, you were getting soaked. It was just a horrible afternoon to playing football. But you have to give credit to both Glasgow women and Spartans that put on a fantastic performance as well, and. Five goals, a missed penalty, a red card. It was just one of these games where kind of everything happened. Um, Glasgow women actually had the wind in their favour in the first half, but found themselves 2 nothing down in the first 13 minutes. Um, Becky Gilbraith up front for Spartans just seemed to have everything going her way, but two very good finishes. I mean, the first one was just a long kick up the, up the park for Rachel Harrison, and it went all the way through, and it was a great finish up into the corner. And then our second one was, again, the wind. This time the wind kind of it caught Kieran Payton out, the Glasgow left-back, and... Um, You've seen the highlights as well, Becky Gilbraith. It was a fantastic finish. When ball bounced on the edge of the box and she just lobbed over um, the Russian keeper for Glasgow women. Um, and then that first 15 minutes, you looked at it and thought, maybe the SWPL one side they're going to kind of run away with it. But uh, Glasgow women came right back into it and they, they got a goal of their own from a corner with the ball kind of bounced around. It was a good save for Rachel Harrison and then uh, Cara Henderson put it in on the line and then she got her second and Glasgow second to level up just before half-time. Um, it was a poor kick from Rachel Harris, to be honest, but I, kind of the wind was against her on a weaker foot. She can give her the benefit of the doubt, but it was straight to Cara Henderson again, and then she just raced forward and had a shot that went in. And then, so four goals at half-time, it was kind of one of these games where you weren't well, sure what was coming next. Um, it was a slow start the second half, and then there was Beth McKay raced into the box for Spartans, and kind of daft I don't know what Joanne Addy was doing but she went to ground totally missed the ball cleaned it out and it was a penalty and unfortunately for Alana Marshall it's one of the worst penalties she's going to see all season where if she just picked the corner chance she's going to score but instead she blazed it high over the bar and then Glasgow kind of were in, they were in the game it was kind of both, both sides going for it without creating too many great chances the wind was really playing havoc by this point it was just you had to play the ball on the ground and any clearances were just going to get stuck in it. Uh, Beth McKay, the shot, which was almost spilled in. It dropped out for a corner, and then from the corner, that's where the goal came from. Again, Galbraith standing, kind of a, a big a, a gaggle of bodies almost in the middle, but she managed to get her head on it, find the corner, and complete her hat-trick. And then there was a couple of shots for penalties from Glasgow Wynn, which 
speaking to Craig Joyce afterwards and some of the players, they were not happy. Um, two where Susie McTaggart went down uh, under a challenge for Rona Douglas, and it was one of these ones, I think, because she's that bit bigger than Rona and she's you know, almost fell on top of her. You can see why the referee hasn't given it, but watching the highlights back, you, you could possibly argue that it should have been a penalty, and then um, I think it was Cara Henderson as well, was kind of nudged over, nothing given yet again. They'd been getting abuse from both the benches and from the stands throughout the game. It wasn't the best performance from an official I've ever seen. Um, and then at full time, just after Rob had actually turned off the camera, recording the highlights, the referee then showed um, a red card to someone whose name now escapes me, maybe Leah Robinson, for what she said, apparently was a sarcastic well done ref to the referee and he took that kind of to heart and sent her off. But yeah, it was a fantastic game to watch given just how poor the conditions were. Very vocal from both sets of fans actually, which is good to see as well. And they were hearing a lot more noise, especially when Spartan scores, there was good noise there. And um, yeah, great games to say, five goals, red card, everything could have happened. It was a good way to eventually get my season off to a start. Yeah, and I mean, I, I, I think the point you make about Glasgow women and Spartans having a, a nice vocal following is certainly something I noticed when, I think it was something the Celtic fans noticed as well when I was at the Celtic-Glasgow women game um, the, the other week. I think that's great to have that kind of audio following because sometimes you can go to a women's game of football and it's a little a little bit muted, I think it's probably fair to say. But um, a good result for Spartans, two wins from two. Obviously, you've mentioned, Becky, about Galbraith. I agree with you. I thought her second goal was taken really well. Um, four goals in two games for Harn, two wins out of two for Spartans, which is pretty good. Uh, Glasgow women, I don't know about you, Campbell, but I mean, I was quite impressed with Glasgow women. They're, they're a very young side, and so that's the nature of the recruitment that they've gone down. But I thought that they were quite dogged against Celtic, and it looked like, obviously, going 2 0 down to Spartans, that that was, a, that was a case on Sunday at Petersell Park as well. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I was in it training about a month ago now and was kind of seeing the ideas that Craig's putting forward and it was very good to watch that. So there was a lot of attention to detail in there and you can see that it works on the pitch. I mean, they've got a very young squad, but it showed no fear at all. Lucy Ronald, as captain, is a fantastic player in the middle of the park there and watching them, even speaking as well today uh, to Alan Campbell, who was also at that Celtic game you're talking about there, was also very impressed with them. They look a real solid side and... Obviously, we kind of picked out in the preview pod the sort of or three teams that we thought were going to be sort of up there. And McKinney says Glasgow women could be underdogs and I haven't seen them again there. There's there's no reason to say why they can't because they look a really well-organised side apart from that first 15 minutes where they were a wee bit sloppy. They were they more than deserved a point out of that game. And Spartans, obviously, we know have been a solid side in SWP or one for years, but they were really made to work for that on Sunday. And Glasgow women, if they can keep that up throughout the season, then they certainly could be a dark horse up at that top end of the table. Yeah, and uh, look, full credit to Spartans as well. We don't overshadow what they did, and of course, Becky Elgray's hat trick. Um, two hundred and two is, is what I'm sure Debbie McCulloch would have set out for the side uh, before the, the games started in the draw, and that means they go into the final game against Celtic, knowing that a point would be enough to see them get top spot, um, but they're probably safe with the quarterfinals. Uh, in the other game, in that Group A, Group A, Celtic defeated St. Johnson 6 0 in Perth. Uh, Sarah Ewan's hat trick, the, the kind of. Um, Headline, there we go. Deary me, <laughs> the headline of that uh, that particular game. Um, I, I went for Celtic, it's probably expected, Campbell, and I think after the, the previous week's performance, I think something like that is a bit of a palate cleanser for them ahead of what will be a big game in the league uh, this coming weekend. Yeah, I mean, obviously we expect them to win the first game and Glasgow women didn't let them do that. And then um, St Johnson obviously managing to get their campaign uh, 
uh, not underway, sorry, they played Spartans obviously the previous week and um, yeah, gave them a good game as well. What again was horrible conditions, so it was always going to be tough for them against Celtic, as you're saying, who were not a wounded animal as such, but were kind of wanting to bounce back, obviously, having not picked up the three points in the first day. And it was a very professional performance for them, obviously, scored in the first minute. And when you get that there against a side in the division below, it's, it's always going to help with your confidence. And in the end, Celtic were comfortable, but it's a very good win for them and it gives them, obviously, that confidence boost going into the game, as you're saying, on Friday there. And it also sets them up for a game in a couple of weeks against Spartans, which is a big one to see who would go to top that group. Obviously, Celtic, you would still make favourites, but Spartans would be two wins with two. I look very good themselves, so it will be interesting, but Celtic will definitely be pleased with that performance and obviously now their focus turns to the league. Yeah, I think that's probably fair to say. Uh, moving on to Group B then, uh, Dundee United versus Rangers was off. Uh, it was due to get played at North End Park, but the park pitch was waterlogged. Uh, I headed down to Lesser Hamden, um, where it felt like it was waterlogged, but it wasn't. Artificial pitches coming to the, the rescue again. Uh, as Queen's Park took on Hamilton Academical. Um, pretty comfortable for Hamilton, I think it's probably fair to say. They were 3-0 up inside 20 minutes. Uh, goals from George McTeer, who signed from Glasgow Women, Ellie Kane uh, and Amy Anderson really had it wrapped up inside that opening period. Then the weather got horrendous. Um, and then the kind of sides came out in the second half. Um, and Aki's were, very, were pretty sloppy, I have to say. Um, I don't know if it was just the case of they were making a few changes and the conditions and the fact they were well up. But uh, they were quite sloppy. They did get a fourth goal, though. Um, Dion Brown uh, putting them 4-0 up. Uh, but then Queen's Park put a pretty good goal back. Uh, defensive mistake at the back. Uh, but uh, the Queen's Park attackers capitalised. Ashley McEwen, uh, really nice finish. I thought she was the most impressive Queen's Park player um, on Sunday in terms of any kind of threat that Queen's Park had. Um, and when I'd seen her previously at SWFL level, I thought that she had the ability with a bit of support to maybe do, do a job at SWPL too. So it was good to see her score a goal. But then uh, goals from N.T. Gardner and another one from Amy Anderson, probably the pick of the bunch, uh, laid off by new signing Lauren Evans, made it 6-1. Um, a pretty comfortable uh, result for Hamilton Academical. After the game, I spoke to Gary Doctor, and this is what he had to say. Gary, 6-1 win today. A uh, comfortable result, but I imagine there's probably bits of that you liked and bits of that maybe not so much. Yeah, I think so. I think uh, we just talked about that after. I think uh, it was pleasing to get off to a positive winning start. We've not always done that in the last few years. Um, tricky opponent, tricky conditions. Um, but I think we started positively, got a couple of early goals and it kind of settled us down. And I think the players then were quick, were always in control of the game, I think, and always quite comfortable. And I think maybe just a wee bit of slackness and, and things like that that can happen when you're on top uh, crept in. But overall, quite happy. So, Campbell, a 6 1 win for Hamilton. Tough introduction for Queen's Park's probably a fair thing to say. Yeah, I mean, it's, um, it was never going to be easy for them, obviously, playing. Naki side that favourites for the league this season and obviously unlucky it got last year but yeah they again just kind of come out as you're saying having watched the highlights today and it seemed that they got those early goals and kind of they always knew that was kind of game over so they took their foot off the gas a wee bit but Queens will take a lot for that as well they'll have things to learn they've had it tough themselves against some of the development sides so they will definitely have that fight in them they've also got a few new players as well so just taking that bit of time to gel um, I'll see Aki's myself in the next few weeks actually so it'll be good to see just how good they are looking compared to last season. Um, put out their full squad list as well the other day, and there's there's definitely an improvement to that squad. And there's some big big names in there as well. So it's it's one where obviously it was an expected win. Happy enough they got themselves a goal and showed that they can fight. And as you're saying, it was terrible conditions, but 
brackets, it's a very good start for them, and obviously they're now going into the league. Um, a tough game on Sunday for them, as well as that final match day against Dundee United with the Rangers game um, to be against Rangers, sorry, the United game to be arranged. But it's yes, yeah, a good start for them, and you know Gary Dalton, uh, Bobby Watson, they're obviously they're they're very hard taskmasters. They all know exactly what they want and how they want the girls to play, and they'll be happy with the result, and they'll obviously be aiming to improve them as well as they go on throughout the season. Yeah, and I mean, that, that Hamilton Dundee United game has been rearranged for the 8th of March now. I remember seeing a, a breaking tweet from the Aki's Twitter um, about that. But yeah, I think the, the Aki's Rangers game will be an interesting one that you're heading to, obviously, in a couple of weeks' time. Um, and then how these fixtures start getting rearranged will be interesting as well, because if we move into Group C, um, we have uh, Aberdeen against Hearts and, and Campbell. Aberdeen 2, Hearts 1. Um, Hearts obviously newly promoted to SWPL 1. Aberdeen newly promoted to SWPL 2. Uh, I think it's I think it's fair to say the goal highlights are up for this just now as well, and we should have mentioned that highlights for the Aki's games and Spartans game is up already as well. Um, I think it's probably fair to say Hearts didn't help himself in this one. No, I mean obviously reading it on paper, it's it's a shock as you've seen just simply where the two sides have come from. But Aberdeen have got some good signings in there as well and a very good squad. But when you're Hearts and you're the team, it's a tough place to go. Obviously we up we up to Aberdeen, sorry, but. You're the team in the league above, then you can't really be making any mistakes as you don't want to kind of not embarrass yourself would be the wrong word, but lose a game that you maybe shouldn't. And that's exactly what they did with that first goal. It was just a terrible pass. Great finish from Lauren Gordon, but it was, it was a poor ball in the first place. And obviously got themselves back into it. Aisha Mon's goal was a little bit described as a worldy right enough. Um, and then they went, they went and lost it with a free header from a corner. So it's a fantastic win for Aberdeen. Hearts were disappointed though, because they've obviously... They made a lot of positive changes there. Kevin Murphy kind of taking over a more um, a more leadership role, sorry. And uh, yeah, that's, it's a disappointing result for them, giving away sloppy goals. But from Aberdeen's point of view, they'll be full of confidence there. Obviously, did very well last season um, in SWFL 1-0. And now coming up here, they'll know they, that they're not going to be an easy side to face, especially up there at Cormac Park. So it's a great result for them and one that will give them plenty of confidence as well heading into the league. Yeah, I mean, Aberdeen are definitely a team that I am interested in seeing sooner rather than later. Um, I think they're down to play Burnham Muir in the last group stage at the moment. I might head over to that one. But as you mentioned, they have uh, a lot of uh, talent. Ailey Shore getting the winner, um, the SWFL uh, Player of the Year last season. Uh, and they've got players like Bailey Hutchison uh, and Lauren Campbell as well. So it's a it's a young squad with a lot of, a lot of uh, hope in it. And as you say, Hearts will be disappointed in that. Um, they obviously were down to 10 men as well. Emily Much got a, a red card for a kind of last... Last uh, last guy's tackle when Aberdeen were on the attack, but yeah, Aisha Mon's goal probably the highlight for them. Um, as you say, an absolute worldy, and uh, yeah, I think it's going to be interesting to see how these two sides do, do because they are both in new divisions um, and they both face new challenges. But I think I think there's obviously a, a bit of a question mark because obviously Emma Hunter and Harley Hamdani were this this duo at Aberdeen and uh, Harley's now moved over to Australia. But Emma has continued to do good work, and I'm very interested to see Aberdeen and how they get on over the course of the season. And yeah, I think their their moniker is kind of dark horses. It's probably going to be well well earned over the course of the season, as it's going to be for another couple of things we've already mentioned. Um, and the other team in that group, it was Birmingham Thistle two, Southern University four. Um, Southern University four 0 up, but Birmingham Thistle full credit to them came back into the game, scored a couple of goals late on, including one from Ashley Karsh, the former uh, Hearts striker who had signed for Livingston but has, has since moved to Birmingham Thistle. Uh, Southern University, I think we've talked about already, Campbell, that Southern University we're not entirely sure what to expect from them, but 
a, a win on their first competitive game of the season um, can only really be a good sign for Craig Beveridge hopefully going forward. Yeah, they've been happy with that. Obviously, you've got the sort of Bucks football that they play throughout the uh, winter spell as well. So, I mean, a lot of the players there, as we mentioned before, are playing for the university side there, but not in SWPL. So, it's, it's trying to get all the other players kind of up to speed and have everyone working together in a way that they can they can still play and put their best performances out. And to go 4 nothing up there on Sunday was obviously very good. Boromir, another new promoted side, but... Again, they're not they're not any dafties there. There's, there's another very good team, so it's a very good win for them. Maybe a wee bit sloppy. They've let them come back into the game when they're four 0 up, but similar to Aki's, I think it's just that way they can take the foot off the gas slightly. Um, I'll see them on Sunday as well. It's one I'm looking forward to because I, I didn't see too much of them um, last season in SWPL one, and obviously it was a time where they were always struggling. They were never I don't know, they won a game all season. They were always kind of down that bottom end and it came down to their games against Forza that kind of lost them the league obviously and lost them their place in the league sorry so coming down to SWPL2 where it's going to be very competitive again but it's one where they'll maybe see themselves be able to win some more games they've got a, a very tough game obviously away at Hamilton on Sunday but it's one that I'm really looking forward to and it'll be good to see just how both sides get on and hopefully they can play a game in some good conditions as well Yeah good conditions fingers crossed for that completely because I, I, I am so fed up of the sideways rain and not being able to do anything other than stand there and kind of wait for it to be over um, at the moment. But yeah, hopefully the, the weather calms down a little bit and it's a good games at the weekend. Uh, in Group D, there hasn't actually been a fixture played yet in Group D uh, at all. So not really much to talk about then other than they will have games to rearrange um, and obviously get them sorted. That's Kamara at Motherwell and Partick Thistle and for Farmington. So a little bit of backlog for them, but obviously as soon as we start seeing those games happen, we'll provide you a bit of coverage in them too. But that's the SWPL Cup. Um, let's move on to the forthcoming SWPL season, Campbell. We obviously did preview pods in for SWPL 1 and SWPL 2. I'll probably give them another wee bump um, just before the weekend, uh, even though there's maybe a lot of information that's a little outdated in there. There's still lots of good stuff. And then um, season starts with a bang, a televised game on BBC Alba, uh, half past seven kickoff, Celtic against Glasgow City. It's probably if you if you were to look at last season's table, Campbell, and what's happened in the in the close season up until now, it's potentially the biggest game in Scottish women's football just now, based on the fact we don't know how all these teams are going to settle in. Yeah, it's a cracker of a game, obviously, to uh, get the season underway, City. Their only defeat in the league last season was obviously that one at Celtic at the end of last season. K Park's not an easy place to go either. So it's one that I said against the Celtic side that have obviously got that confidence. They've got two games under their belt that City have obviously only had uh, friendlies in. So it's one where it's on TV at home. Celtic seem really up for it. And it's a kind of game where really anything could happen, but it's one that should be a cracker for those watching at the game and on, um, and on TV as well. So, yes, yeah, a very exciting one to look forward to. And hopefully they both kind of live up to that pre-season hype they've had and can produce a good game to start off what should be another good season. Yeah, um, Celtic obviously ended Glasgow City's 72-game uh, unbeaten streak in the league at uh, the back end of last season after Glasgow City got to the quarterfinals of the, the Champions League and they've made additions to the squad. Glasgow City have done that as well, both on the bench and on the field. So I, I hope it'll be a really entertaining game. Um, K-Park's maybe not one of my favourite venues to go to, if I'm being totally honest, uh, but... I think what I, what I have noticed when you go to K-Park is you usually get a decent crowd down there. Um, and I think, given the, the coverage that the league has had this week, which has been fantastic, I've seen it pop up all over the shop, which is great to see. I think there'll be another good crowd uh, on Friday night. I am heading down there. Uh, I am going to hot-foot it from, from Edinburgh to East Kilbride. Um, and, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to hopefully what will be a really entertaining game. 
Um, Campbell, you were obviously at the Celtic uh, media day to, today, Tuesday, today. Whenever you listen to it, the day that Campbell was at it was today, right? <laughs> um, and you spoke to New Sign and Sarah Teagarden, um, and this is what she had to say about obviously moving to Celtic and, and what's happening going forward. Obviously, the fiance as well, Levine Hart. Mm-hmm. Has that helped you in any way? It helped the two of you almost settling together? Yeah, um, you know, it's a little bit the distance between Glasgow and Dundee mm-hmm. is then, you know, just right next to each other, not, not necessarily neighbours. But um, yeah, it's definitely nice and helpful that, you know, just understanding each other's schedules as both footballers, you know, that helps a lot with um, everything. And the fact that we're usually Sunday games, they're usually Saturday, helps so we can kind of watch each other play and support. So, yeah, it's good. It's helpful. Is he good for coming to support you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. he actually is great at it. Um, even on, yeah, he's great. It's, you know, not an easy drive, but after his games, he'll come over and watch and support, which is really nice. Campbell, Celtic have obviously made some signings. We've, we've talked about that already. Um, but I think it's probably what's interesting is actually getting is, is some of the players that are still there. And one of those is... Uh, is Kelly Clark, and you spoke to her a little bit as well. Um, what was the Celtic media day like? Just just as a kind of, because I couldn't go, I can't comment on it, but obviously it's not something we see a lot of in women's football, so what was a, an event like that like to go to? Um, yeah, it was a different one, because um, Celtic had some early media and photographers and things in from just after five o'clock this evening, and then there was a sort of a kind of Q&A type thing, with um, some of the academy players and parents who came in after our interviews, um, Jeremy McCullough obviously does Celtic TV, and he kind of he was the compare, if you will, with uh, Fran Alonso, Sinatigar, and Kelly Clark, and Lisa Robertson. So it was good that they were kind of um, involving themselves with the academy from under nines up to under nineteens as well. So it was certainly covering Celtic very well there, and the media people they were all very very accommodating to let um, all the media people sorry speak to them. Um, Fran Alonso took some time out as well. He, he loves a chat, that man. Um, and then obviously, as I was saying, Kelly Clark's at a tea garden spoke to as well. And they all seem really keen to get on with this season. Obviously, they're playing with almost a hybrid type squad, Celtic, where not all of the players are um, professional as it stands, but they've brought in some good signings. Some of the foreign ones have mentioned the likes of a tea garden, obviously, and then they've also retained some of these players from last season. They've now turned professional too, so it's it's a very exciting season coming ahead for Celtic, and it's one where there's a lot of positive talk. Obviously, the men's side kind of dominating Scottish football, the women's side are hoping that eventually they can kind of come up to that level too, and it's it seems to be the sort of the start of an exciting period at Celtic. I think it's an exciting period for Scottish women's football in general, and you, as I mentioned, you spoke to Kelly Clark, and she also gave you a little bit of insight ahead of the new season. Moving professional as well, how are you finding that? It's different. It's um, turning up to your work rather than turning up to a hobby. So there's, you know, there's that expectation of quality every single time. You kind, you know, you can't fall on the back of um, I'm only here because I want to be. You're now here because it's your work. So expectations are higher, um, but living up to it so far. Um, now, obviously, the playing Glasgow City. We do know that Glasgow City have got a media day coming up. I don't think either of us can go, but we'll maybe try and get something out before the end of the week. All in the interest of balance, Campbell, because we, we don't ever want to be accused of um, showing preference anywhere down the line. But, uh, yeah, I think it'll be a really interesting game. Um, looking at the rest of the SWPL1 fixtures, and I think the, the other inter- one of the other interesting games, and actually it's a, a fixture list that's maybe... Maybe being set up in a way that all the games have got an element of interest in them, but Rangers take on Hearts at the Hummel Training Centre. Obviously, Rangers actually haven't started their season yet, um, so this will be their first competitive game, and they take on Hearts, who come off the back of that defeat to Aberdeen. 
Um, you were also down at the Humble Training Centre today, Campbell. A man all over the shop. Um, what was your experience down there like? Yeah, it was also very well organised. Um, Rangers came in and obviously they've now got this sort of joint management team of Malky Thompson and Gregory Vignal who've they've known each other for a while and worked with each other in different places. And um, So it's interesting to see just how that's going to work, but they also both seem very positive about their relationship and about how that season can go there. Um, they had the two Northern Irish players available as well as um, Zoe Ness and Jenna Fife, who we've mentioned. I spoke to a couple of them and they all just, again, everyone just seems really keen to get the season going. Um, Rangers have been training professionally now for seven weeks and had two games postponed and it's it is kind of throwing them away a wee bit but that fact that they're in they're integrated into the men's side now all in the academy there as well and they're getting to know each other they're with each other all the time they know each other's game and again they all just seem really excited to finally get some reaction on Sunday against Hearts and watch them also be another great game and so it's just like Celtic like Scottish women's football as we're saying it's a really exciting time for Rangers too and it's one where we look at the, some of the players that have come in it certainly could be the Rangers could be up there challenging for the title obviously because it's early to say so far but yeah it's all good signs coming out of Rangers at the minute Yeah it definitely feels like there's a bit of a wave of positivity going on and as you mentioned one of the people you spoke to was Demi Vance um, Northern Ireland International and there's been a lot of Northern Ireland players kind of make their way over to Scotland over the course of the winter and that was a question you put to her which she was more than happy to answer yeah, obviously you've moved across from Glentoran, you've spent most of your career in the other islands. How do you feel to move across here to Scotland? Yeah, brilliant. I think, um, obviously, like, city-wise, it's very similar to Belfast, so it hasn't been too hard to settle in. Um, that's quite exciting, obviously, it's like, sharing, we're sharing a house with five of the girls, so it's been a good way to get to know each other, and I think we've all kind of settled in really quickly. I think everyone's struggling towards me more. Uh, I forget to slow down, <laughs> and people look at me very blankly. Um, but we have... Obviously, we have two girls from France. Uh, we have a Canadian, and then there's me and Megan. Me and Megan live like quite close together at home, but my accent's very different. As for Hearts, Campbell, um, do they use this Rangers game as a, a, a barometer of where they're, they're sitting at, or is, are they maybe at the moment still looking to kind of find their feet in terms of what their level at? I think we're all of the opinion at the moment that Rangers, Celtic, Glasgow, City are probably a, little, a level above everybody else just now. Hibs. We don't really know. Uh, we know that the general feeling is the squad is maybe a little bit weaker. Uh, but is it a case of Hearts just kind of turning up and seeing what the kind of top end of, of Scottish women's football might look like? Um, it's, a, it's a tough one. Obviously, Hearts were at the top end of the table last season. They know it's not going to be like that. They went up um, since come up, sorry. But it was like that with Motherwell last season. And Motherwell more than held their own. Hearts have taken arguably Motherwell's best player in Chelsea McEachern. And they've made some great signings. Ellis Dalglish, obviously, being one of them, going back to her old side as well. So, I mean, Rangers are obviously going to be favourites for that at home. As I mentioned, the internationals are bringing in from all these different countries as well. So, it's going to be a tough one. I don't think Hearts will maybe want to read too much into it. They'll just focus on themselves and want to come in and try and get their season off to the best start possible. They'll be disappointed with their cup result at Aberdeen and they'll hope to bounce back for that. But it's one where I don't think they'll judge themselves too much against Rangers. They'll certainly go out there and play their own game and hope to cause, maybe not a shock as such, but spring that wee bit of a surprise that no one would perhaps expect from a team coming up. Yeah, and I mean, the, the other thing they made was Lisa Swanson, who was joint top goal scorer in SWPL2 last season. And um, I think she'll be a good signing for her. So they have got quite a lot of um, kind of nippy players up top, and I think she'll act as a good pivot for the likes of Isha Moore and Jenny, Jenny Smith. Um, so I think that's, that's certainly a 
a good sign, and it'll be interesting to see how, how that all works. But um, that's where I'm going to head on Sunday. Um, I'm going to head to Rangers against Hearts. Um, first time we see Rangers in action, it's it's a big curiosity, I think, for lots of folks. So I think it'd be remiss of not to go give that a watch. Um, also on Sunday, uh, Hibs against Spartans. Campbell, we've hypothesised a lot, and I haven't seen any of Hibs yet in this pre-season, and it's been very under wraps in terms of their preparations. They obviously brought in Carla Boyce and Sophia Allison, but it looks like they're going a slightly different route now in terms of the youth. And Spartans, who have always kind of had that youthful look to them, um, a lot of their players have had another season of development. They've obviously started the season well. A big blow that Elena Santoya-Brown is, is out now with that injury. Obviously, we hope she gets she gets fit and healthy nice and soon. Uh, but I think this could be a pretty interesting contest as well because it'll be a... I've used the word barometer already. I'm going to do it again because it's quite late on a Tuesday night and it's been a long day. But uh, I think this is going to be an interesting way just to see how these two sides clash because obviously last season they started the season 0-0 draw and by the end of it, Hibs were kind of well clear as Spartans. But I've got a funny feeling it might be a little bit closer this season. Yeah, obviously Hibs have lost some of their best players as we're seeing. They've still got a lot of Scotland internationals as well in there, so it's they obviously start as favourites, but they've not had any games yet since their friendlies. Whereas Spartans, as we say, have been playing recently and playing fairly well in their two cup games, the uh, two wins for two, so they'll go into it full of confidence. So yeah, it's one where both sides obviously know Ainsley Park very well, was that's their home kind of thing. So it's yeah, it's a really intriguing game. You mentioned obviously the nil nil game at the start of last season. I can't see this one being goalless, but I think it will be a really interesting game. And it's one that, if it wasn't in Edinburgh, I'd maybe head through to later on in the season. But um, it's, it's quite an intriguing one. And we'll perhaps see, obviously, what happens there. But I don't think it'll be such a big gap between Hibs and Spartans this season as there was last year. Yeah, I mean, that's that's my inclination at the moment. And I think Spartans, something about the Spartans squad just out, it feels kind of complete. Um, it's maybe not... It's obviously not going to be at the level at the very top at the moment, but it certainly feels a good group. Um, the other game is Forfar Farmington against Motherwell. Um, my last recollection of Forfar Farmington against Motherwell was the game that was on BBC Alba, which finished 1-0 to Motherwell, and it was, wasn't was the greatest watch of the world, but a lot has changed since then. Uh, Ryan McConville's coming to Forfar. They've signed Magdalene Olofstotter and uh, Amy Metz, to name a couple, uh, Jade Lindsay as well, and Billy Simpson from uh, Northern Ireland Internationals. There's Northern Ireland again. Uh, Motherwell... Brought in Kayla McDonald and Gure, Eddie Malecki Black and Stuart Hall, the management team. I, I don't really know what to expect from these two teams, Campbell, but I think one thing that I'm pretty confident of at the moment is we're not going to know, unlike maybe last season where we had a kind of inkling early doors exactly wherever they was going to be sitting. At the moment, I don't know yet, and it's maybe just because I haven't had a chance to see everybody yet, but it certainly feels like there's going to be a good level of competition across the league. Yeah, I mean... Usually there was that sort of there was a group at the top, the kind of group in the middle, and then the group at the bottom last season. Whereas this year it's going to be that wee bit more open. Um, yeah, Forfar will be looking to improve on last season. Also, their only wins coming against Stirling Uni, so that kind of it wasn't the best season for them. They've, there has been a lot of changes, as you're saying, both the uh, coaches, staff, and players. And it's a home game for them, and again, being up north there, it does give them that advantage that Motherwell have got a fair trek to get up there and spot. And Forfar, sorry, hope to use that. To their, um, to their advantage Motherwell as I mentioned there the year before we got the cup final got promoted and then they've come up and made a few good additions and again they've done that there and it seems at Motherwell that they're really going for it they get an experienced duo which you're saying there um, as a management team as well and it's one where they'll be quietly confident of chasing up and trying to get into that fourth spot 
So it's, it's an intriguing game. It's a tough one for both sides, but it's one where they'll also both feel they've got a good chance of getting three points. So it's, it's quite an exciting one to see, and it'll be interesting just to work out who can come out on top on that one. And I think it could be a case of if you can score first, and that could kind of get you the three points. Yeah, I mean, I think a couple of the signings in particular that Motherwell made, Chelsea Watson from Rangers, who I think was maybe a little bit unlucky, maybe not to get a a bigger run at it, but also we don't know circumstances behind some of that. Um, and then um, Jordan McClintock, who hasn't been announced yet, Campbell, but we've seen her in a Motherwell top, and I've seen her in a Motherwell training outfit at the Celtic Glasgow Women game the other week, so I think we can be pretty confident that she's signed for Motherwell. Um, I haven't seen anything yet to announce it, if you have, correct me. Um, but she obviously come in, comes in from Glasgow City, didn't really get a lot of starting time, but when she came on, she could score goals and at SWPL level, especially SWPL one, scoring goals is a, a valuable commodity. Yeah, she was. A, she did impress me when she got off the bench for um, City last season, and even as I said that I said it's got booth a few times during games, and he recognised as well just how good a player she could be. And obviously City trying to bring in some other names, she just wasn't getting that game time. So it's a very good sign for Motherwell, and it's one where. If Jordan McClendon can find that sort of form on a regular basis, then she could be a very important player for them as well. And just she was hoping to get herself kind of back to being happy playing football, back to being happy um, starting games. And then, yeah, she was she can score goals. And if she can do that, even just to go kind of, she's also not a striker, but can of go that wee bit to replace the goals Chelsea McEachern scored last season? Then Motherwell, as I say, they could be a dark horse in SWPL one. Yeah, I think it's definitely definitely what you keep an eye on. But as I said, early doors, we don't want to get too wild with our, with our predictions. But um, yeah, I think we're, we're definitely interested to see how all the teams play out in SWPL1, as we are in SWPL2. God, I realised how bland a sentence that was, Campbell, as I was saying it. But um, yeah, in SWPL2. And uh, you, as you mentioned earlier on, you got to see Hamilton Ackes against Stirling University. Second place in SWPL2 last season against the side that finished bottom in SWPL1. Uh, Another contest where you look at it and you go, this is going to be a good measuring stick both for Hamilton and for Southern University in terms of where they're both at. And I don't know about you, Campbell, and I know you haven't seen either, but I think the interesting for me with thing for me with Hamilton at the moment is that they have quite a lot of players, and I'm keen to see what direction the squad eventually goes in. But uh, I'm assuming you're looking forward to that one. I think you've said that already. Yeah, I mean, Aki's of obviously. They're always very vocal with their media and things like that as well. So you always know about the signings coming in and some of the players they've got there, a fantastic squad for that level. And it's one where it'll be interesting to see if Gary Doctor and, and knows what his, his strongest team is. It could maybe be a couple of weeks to try to work that one out. But at home, obviously, they've got a great record there as well last season and they'll go into that game as favourites. But Sterling Uni are one as well, as we've mentioned, where they're playing at that level now where they can be a bit more confident though they're playing opposition that maybe not as strong as some of the sides in SWPL1 so it's a clash that really could go either way and it's another game where it really will be interesting to see and I'm looking forward just to just to see how both sides can settle into the game obviously it's early in the season you can never really tell too much from there but it's one where it could go either way and it will be a really intriguing battle whatever the hell Hamilton call the stadium nowadays The Foy's the front of your stadium but they call it Foy's Stadium or is it Foy Stadium it's probably That's not. Another debate. Yeah, that could get lost on that one. Um, New Douglas Park. <laughs> but yeah, uh, other games in the SWPL too. I think the the, the next two that stand out. Um, Partick Thistle against Glasgow Women. We've already talked about Glasgow Women quite a bit. Um, I've seen Partick Thistle play pre-season, but it was very early on, so it was quite hard to judge. 
but they've made some obviously some good signings. I think Claire Doherty from Kilmarnock and uh, Emma Craig from Celtic, two of the ones that stand out. Uh, 12 o'clock kickoff at Peter's Hill Park. That, that should be another game where uh, uh, this is going to sound cliche and we say it all the time about SWPL2. SWPL2 is going to be really close again, I think, this season. Yeah, definitely. I mean, like you mentioned Glasgow women there, but Patrick Thistle I made mean, some great signings. Obviously, brought in the trio um, from Kilmarnock, some good players as well. The likes of Jade Gallon coming in from Rangers. So it's, it's a very strong squad they've got, and it's a good mix of youth and experience. There was um, a few of the players were up um, watching that game on Sunday, so they'll, they'll know a wee bit about Glasgow women as well and how they can play. And it's obviously again similar to the Hibs Spartans game. It's a derby, and really anything can happen. So it's one of these games again where we're not really sure what way it's going to go. But both sides will fancy their chances there, and if the two sides can play the football, we know they can. That's another game that could be really exciting for anyone to go along and watch. Yeah, um, as could Aberdeen against Kilmarnock, a replay of the Scottish Cup tie from last season where Aberdeen were at the time in SWFL 1 North and Kilmarnock with SWPL 2 and Aberdeen came out on top in that one. Uh, long trip for Kilmarnock, a one o'clock kickoff in Aberdeen, so it's an early start. Um, again, Kilmarnock not seen a lot of them yet this season, so a bit very interested to see how they get on. And obviously Aberdeen, good result this weekend, um, and they'll be looking to build on that momentum going into a new league. Yeah, they'll be fully confident with that result. You mentioned also the long distance area. I was never really sure what time kick-off Aberdeen were going to put in for this season. So one o'clock, it does force Kilmarnock to face a long, long trip um, from Ayrshire, obviously, up north. So it's yeah, it's a, it's a good game for both sides to get underway. Kilmarnock will look to, obviously, kind of bounce back from that defeat they got there last season. They have already obviously been up to four for and they lost that game there, but again, it wasn't one in nice condition, so you, you can't really judge Kelly too early on you either, nor can you Aberdeen. Kilmarnock have that experience in this league that Aberdeen don't. And it's going to be, and again, obviously we keep saying it, but it will be a very intriguing clash, and it just depends if, just obviously how much um, of an impact the travel makes. But both are going to get a confident, obviously, we're getting off to a good start. And it's one where you can't really pick a favourite, because you would maybe look at Kelly, obviously, haven't been in the league before, as I say, but Aberdeen have got some good players in there. They know of a manager and um, Emma who knows what she's doing. And it could be one, it could really be one to watch. Also, you know, Mark Gordon will be up there covering that for Aberdeen, but it's a very exciting game for the two sides there to get their season underway. Yeah, it's very, very cool having Mark up there because both you and me will not have the opportunity to get up to Aberdeen very often, unfortunately. The, SWF dollars don't cover that far, uh, I've discovered. <laughs> but yeah, so uh, it'll be good to have a bit of radio coverage from up there. Uh, and the social media for Aberdeen is a little bit confusing. I, I know it's maybe Aberdeen FC, but I think I did mention to mention on Twitter like at the weekend that there wasn't any mention of the fixture of the squads there yet. So hopefully that's something that's coming because there definitely seems to be a push towards this community element of Aberdeen. So yeah, hopefully that'll be good and hopefully another good game. Uh, final two games, the two promoted sides, Burnham Your Thistle travel up to Dundee uh, United, one of the, the favourites probably for SWPL2, amongst a number of them, uh, Campbell. Um, again, another side that haven't quite had their season get started yet. Uh, Burnham Your Thistle, I think I think there's an expectation that they're going to struggle, but from the people I know that have been and seen Burnham Your Thistle so far this season, I think that they're going to do all right and they have some exciting young talents like Tegan Brownie and Addy Hanley, for example, and Ashley Karsh as a, a proven goal scorer at SWPL2 level as well. So uh, Dundee United will be favourites for that one, but uh, I don't expect it to be a walkover in any way. No, obviously, as you're saying, United a bit frustrated not get their season underway either just yet. So Gorham, you have got that match experience so far. Um, 
And yeah, she mentioned there's some great players there that have been away. Some of the Scotland youth side, some good signings. They've been announcing them all over Twitter, which has been good to see that. So, yeah, it's a very intriguing game. United do go into it as favourites, and they've got a very strong squad themselves. Obviously, we've mentioned some of the players coming in, some of the Americans that they had last season as well that have now had that full pre-season to get to know the squad even better. So it's a tie where United will be favourites, but it's not one, as you're saying, where Birmingham are going to roll over, and it wouldn't surprise me either see them give United a real good run for the money and if they can sneak anything out of that they'll be very pleased to bounce up into SWPL2 obviously coming as the late replacement for Hutchivale Yeah and that's the thing to always bear in mind with Barimia they're, they're a little bit behind the eight ball at the moment but they, they seem to be making good progress and they are another side who are good in social media and I'm actually going to call that as just now Most, almost all of the sides of SWPL 1 and 2 have been, have been great in social media over these last few weeks in the build up to the season um, it's not unilateral I will never say it is but think there's been lots of good stuff. Um, St John's another one of those sides, very big on promoting their players. Uh, they take on Queen's Park. This is a venue switch. It's now at Lesser Hamden uh, as opposed to McDermott Park. Both sides coming off of the off of, uh, heavy defeats in the SWPL Cup this weekend. Um, a chance to kind of right some wrongs for both sides then, I suppose. Yeah, we gave St John's a lot of praise last season for all the good football that they're playing without really being able to pick up as many good results as they would have liked. The fact that there's another long trip down, to, well, not long, but another trip down to Glasgow where Queen's Park will be looking to bounce back as well. And they had a good season last year and they've come up. They know it's a step up in level, but we saw them United and Patrick Thistle do it last year. And now we're rating them as some of the favourites in the league. So it's one where Queen's Park will be. They'll go into that game with confidence of getting something off St Johnson. They'll also look at it again, both sides coming in, um, seeing it as a game they can win. And hopefully they can both go on and look to get their seasons off to a good start. But it's one that. Should be a really good watch as well for anyone that can head across to Hamden's baby sister, and it should be yeah, it should be a good game. Yeah, I mean Hamden's baby sister is not a bad place to watch watch football. It'd be better once it stands in and it's kind of fully fully developed, but it's got a bit of cover. You get a good a sight line from the stand. Um, it's one closest to me as well, which is why I probably don't mind it that much as well. Uh, but yeah, very interesting to see what happens with that one. Uh, but yeah, so SWPL1, SWPL2 fixtures. I've given some kickoff times here. Just make sure you're following the team you want to support or follow the SWF Twitter feed just to keep tight on that because uh, as experience has taught us, sometimes these change. Um, so yeah, just keep a wee eye on that over the course of the week. But yeah, I am really looking forward to the start of the SWPL season, Campbell. And it looks like from the, the launch day uh, at the start of this week as well, we've talked about the, the media days at Rangers Celtic in, in Glasgow City. Um, it looks like from the launch day at the start of this week as well that that went off superbly and there was a lot of coverage there. Yeah, obviously we were both busy and couldn't make it, but it's been one where all the teams have used it kind of to promote the games coming up. It's been one where obviously there's a very, very big media presence at it from all over. I've seen there was stuff on um, Radio Clyde last night about the two sides then in Glasgow, obviously, and then you had it um, on BBC and Sky and things like that as well. So it's certainly one where it's, it's promoted the season well. Everything's getting bigger all the time, and it should be a good one. Obviously, you've got the, the game on Friday night on TV. So there's certainly plenty of media attention and it can only be good, obviously, for the game and you just hope that all 18 sides can go on and produce some great football over the weekend to sort of justify just exactly why there's such a big media presence, big media presence at the end in Scottish women's football now. Yeah, I mean, Celtic-Glasgow City obviously is uh, the game that's on Friday night, but Hibernian against Rangers later in in March time, yeah, that's also going to be... Uh, well, ah, dearie me, I've just caught what you've had. <laughs> Hibs against Rangers is also going to be on BBC Alba uh, in March as well, so it's good to see kind of a bit of forward planning, whereas it felt like the games in the past have been on Alba. It's great that they're on there, 
but it sometimes felt a little bit kind of last minute in terms of how they've got there. Um, so this this feels like a bit of forward planning, which is good and hopefully is a good sign going forward. But let's leave uh, SWPL for now. Um, as as we both talk about, Campbell will be at Eastern University and I'll be at City against Celtic and Rangers against Hearts this weekend. And let's talk about the Scotland team because uh, Shelley Kerr has announced a squad for the Pinotar Cup, um, which is kind of kind of half tournament, half half friendly, kind of hybrid. It's quite common in, in women's football. There's a versions of it like the She Believes Cup, which is what England compete in. Um, she's named her squad for that, Campbell. A couple of potential new caps in Sam Kerr and Martha Thomas, but both have been in the squad before. Uh, a fairly settled squad. Probably the biggest absence is Kim Little, who has recently had some foot uh, surgery, uh, which means she's probably going to be out until April time. So she's touching goal for the friend, uh, the qualifier against Portugal, which is an important win. But it looks like Shelley Kerr settled in a pretty... She's pretty happy with her squad dynamic at the moment. Nothing too radical in it just now. Yeah, I mean, obviously you're mentioning... Um the games coming up for the qualifiers that we've have been assigned Easter Road and Tynecastle. So you look at this one as a chance to go and test out our strongest squad there and obviously get some new players in, like Hannah Godfrey, Martha Thomas and Sam Kerr, as you're saying, uh, all coming in there as well. So it's one where she's not going to make too many changes and has obviously named a very, pardon me, a very strong squad for those three games in Spain. And they should be a good preparation for them, obviously. We're going to the game against Portugal, which is the main one. They've started off well beating Cyprus um, and Albania. So it's it's an exciting time for the Scottish national team. Obviously got the World Cup. And with the Euros being just down the road in England, they'll be they'll be really excited there and wasn't to try and get the opportunity to get qualified to play there too. So yeah, it's one where they've not got any changes. You're saying it's pretty much a stronger squad. And it will be good to see how they get on in those games. I know a few have been televised. And then we'll just be able to see how Scotland are and if they can keep up that feel-good factor that we've got in the women's national side at the minute. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm not going to lie to Campbell. I was trying to bring up the fixtures for who they're playing in the PSR Cup because I don't have that right in front of me just now. So I was hoping you want to keep going for another like 10, 15 seconds. But I've got it now, so it's all good. So uh, yeah, so they're going to be facing uh, Ukraine, uh, then Iceland, and then Northern Ireland. Um, I think one of the other shouts to give out in that squad is Emma Mitchell, who's moved from Arsenal to Spurs on loan down in WSL. She obviously had a, a pretty severe injury, and she's been scoring worldies for fun at the moment for Spurs. But yeah, I think these games are a good level. I think... I think when I look at the sides that they're facing, they've played Iceland a number of times before. Uh, most recently, I think they defeated them. Uh, but Ukraine and Northern Ireland, it certainly feels like a kind of a level that's just about right in terms of potentially building positive momentum in terms of getting good results. But it's usually a fun tournament, as you mentioned. It's it will be on usually on the BBC Red button. I can't remember if it's definitely been confirmed that's the case. But yeah, looking ahead, Cyprus in, in April and then Portugal at home. I think that's that's the big one before. Uh, more games in June uh, home to Albania and away to Finland so really good preparation I, I don't know about you but I'm pretty I'm still feeling pretty good about the Scotland women's national team and I think as you mentioned they'll, they'll hopefully will be there in Euro 2021 down in England Yeah obviously uh, qualifying for the World Cup was great I know we're both over I'm still kind of stunned by the way everything kind of fell apart with the VAR decisions etc uh, in Paris but yeah, they've come back. They made a good start to qualifying for the Euros and with a lot of players doing well, obviously down in England and abroad and then back in Scotland too. They're all getting back to games here as well. So it's, yeah, everything's feeling really good about the women's football side and hopefully they can just keep that going for as long as possible and it'll just be great to see a Scotland side doing well at international level. Absolutely. And before I forget about it, 
I apologise, this has been a little bit disjointed tonight. There was a few things that happened before recording now, before we're getting there. But, um, yeah, uh, you actually had the chance to speak to one of the members of Scotland Squad, Jenna Fife, um, earlier on today, and this is what she had to say. Are you just kind of hoping to get in and try and be Scotland's number one? You know, of course, that's an ambition for me. Um, but I just need to focus on my development. Um, I need to be the best goalkeeper I can be. And I think Rangers can help me with that massively. Um, and then, obviously, try and prove myself to Shelley. It's her, her decision, but... First and foremost, I need to focus on me and my career, um, my, how much I'm developing at Rangers. So, yeah, of course it's an ambition, but we'll see what happens. Uh, OK, Campbell, I think that wraps it up before I get myself into any more knots. I don't know about you, but uh, uh, please, if you've listened to this and you've liked it, then please tell other folk about it. If you've liked this one, then you're going to like the other ones because they're far more coherent than this one has been. But um, Please like, share, subscribe, tell everybody about it. Um, visit the Leading the Line website. Uh, there's content going up there as much as possible. We are working hard to get some more podcast content. You've heard a little bit of it so far. We're doing some more stuff uh, going forward as well, which I'm pretty excited about. Um, Campbell, if anybody wants to follow you, how's the best way of doing it? Um, I'm sure you have my, my Twitter details along with the podcast, so I'll leave that to you. But yes, yeah, it's, it's on everywhere as well. Um, we're both kind of, we're both there under leading the line, so you'll be able to find there's absolutely no bother at all. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Campbell, thank you very much for your time this evening. Thank you. And thank you very much for listening, and we'll speak to you again soon. Catch you later.